welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we re-watch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing The Lost Boys, which was released on July 31st, 1987 in the US, and the 23rd of October, 1987 in the UK, and the 29th of January, 1988 in Ireland. <laughs> it was written by Janice Fisher, uh, James Jeremias. Jeremias, I think. Uh, and Jeffrey Bohm, and was directed by Joel Schumacher. It stars Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, Kiefer Sutherland, Corey Feldman, Diane Weist, and the late great Edward Herman. Yes. Oh, wait. Indeed. That's unfair. Corey Haim, also yes. late and great. I'm currently yeah. rewatching Gilmore Girls, so Edward Herman, I've been watching a as lot of him this week. Yeah. Uh, Bernard Hughes, hasn't he passed away as well? Yeah. Yeah. But so he's not great. So. <laughs> Well, look. I'm only joking. <laughs> you can only say it to, to, uh, about so many people. Come on, it's fine. fine. I'll just stick with Edward Herman. Yeah, Edward Herman. <laughs> the late, great Edward Herman. Um, okay. Uh, so what's going to happen is this, Jen and I have thought of three problems that this movie has, three each, and also a positive, and we're just going to have a little chat about it. So, Jen, what is your history with this movie? Uh, about six or seven years ago, I watched it. That's all we've got time for. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's, I, in recent years, I tried to watch more, or really it was like the, like, seven to, like, 12 years ago, like, in that period, I was trying to watch a lot of movies from the 80s and stuff that uh -huh. I didn't see that everyone else around me had seen. And I watched it, yeah. and I was, like, super into it. Like, I really, really loved it and immediately bought the DVD, and then I watched it today, and I was like, that's, that's, that's good. I wasn't as into it this time. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. In all fairness, like I've changed a lot in the last six or seven years, and there were some things yeah. that bothered me this time that wouldn't have bothered me before. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's it. Um, what's your history? Um, well, I hated horror movies when I was a child. Um, but I started getting into them when I was in my teens. And I remember my aunt having this, um, and my cousins were watching it. Um, it must have been about 88, and uh, so I was, what, 11, 12, and, um, and I just couldn't watch it. <laughs> um, but then, as I actually, you know, started to grow up here, um, I um, decided that I would watch it again, and then I just, it was one of those ones that was in rotation for a while, that I would watch, like, along with Lethal Weapon, and, um... Die Hard, it would just be like a rotation well Die Hard 2 mostly, it would just be like a rotation of movies that I would watch yeah, and I also remember I had this book, um, it was a yearbook for movies for 1987 and The Lost Boys was in that and that's I must have that must have been before I saw it because that's where it sort of piqued my interest mm -hmm. because of the cast um, because, well, Corey Feldman mostly um, but then I was like, well, I probably won't watch that because I'm a chicken shit. But, you know, now it's tame as fuck. So. <laughs> uh, do you think it's interesting that uh, it's just been a, a few weeks since we watched a vampire movie with Donald Sutherland and now we've watched it with Kiefer Sutherland? I know. I was going to mention that, but um, eh. <laughs> then they're both comedies, horror comedies. Mm -hmm. But this one's more sort of leans more on the horror, I think. Yeah, my problem, one of my problems this time was I think that, um, like, I'd forgotten it's labeled as a horror comedy. 
And so it wasn't until about halfway through, I was looking something up on IMDb and I saw it listed as horror comedy. And I was like, I, my mindset watching it this time was wrong. Um, right. Because there was a lot of stuff that really annoyed me that I realize now is supposed to be funny and was right. funny, <laughs> but I didn't understand it was intentional. Okay. And that can, like, if you don't know that, like, some of the cheesy stuff, like, some of the ridiculous stuff is supposed to be funny, then it seems like a bad movie. Like what? Give me an example. I can't even think. It was so many little moments. There, Okay, there's one thing that I, I was going to bring up. Um, mm-hmm. So at the end, when um, Max gets staked, like, when the car is driven into the house... Yeah, and he goes flying back. It reminded me of in the crush when she punches the guy across yeah. the room. Like well, it's just the guy punches her. Across or, the sorry, room. the guy punches her. Like the greatest Jen, that is the greatest moment in cinematic history. How could you forget? <laughs> I have a terrible memory. I have a terrible memory. But like, it's just so cheesy and ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? So if you're yeah. watching it thinking this is like a serious vampire movie, you're like, oh man, the '80s is stupid. But like, well, I don't think. I don't think that bit is supposed to be funny, though. I do think okay, that well, it bit was. is cheesy. It, yeah. it was cheesy. I do think that bit was cheesy, yeah. There, there, I had some problems understanding a lot, like, a lot of the... Like, there there were just little moments where I was like, that's silly. And, like, and now I understand, oh, that was supposed to be silly. Yeah, some of it is supposed to be. Like, especially, yeah. like, the shit with the maggots. Yeah. That's silly. I, I, skipped that, I skipped that scene this time round. You don't I like don't it? Think, Oh, I hate maggots and worms. Um, but I um, I don't think that's supposed to be funny either. That's <laughs> well, then what's to the be... comedy? Well, the comedy is um, like the Frog Brothers, like the lines and stuff that they say. That's supposed to be the comedy part. Okay. And the grandpa. Then it's not a comedy. It's a horror movie. Because most movies have some comedy, but you don't always call them comedy. No, true. Like if the comedy is just these character, these like side characters, or well, I mean, they become bigger just later. Them. But... I mean, I mean, there's jokes throughout the movie. Here's here's the problem. It was made in the eighties, yeah. so a lot of stuff that would have played differently then just seems silly now. So it's hard to tell what it to, mm. it to me. It's hard to tell what's supposed to be funny and and what's just it's just not aged well. Yeah, the the maggots and the worms. Bleh. Are um supposed to be like that's supposed to be a creepy scene. Okay. Because that's supposed to be But then again, how the fuck can they do that? So they can just like make people think that yeah, never mind. Now that I'm thinking anyway, about it, I have a lot of problems with this movie. Right, well, let's just start with the problems and I'll start with mine. Okay. And this is this is a major problem for me. And it's Star because Star is a very badly written character. Because uh, she's nothing more than a trophy, really, and she's there to be leered at by, you know, and then stalked, by the way, by Michael, and she proceeds to do absolutely fuck all for the rest of the movie. Uh, she doesn't even have anything to do in the final fight. She never even gets to kill one of the vamps, and N- Nanook, the fucking dog, does. All she does is shout, "Michael, they're coming," and that's pretty much it. She's got zero lines with Lucy, who is the other named female in the in the cast. Okay, I I feel like Star is way too tied up in all my or a lot of my problems. So, it's like what you're saying is one of my problems, but it's also not. <laughs> right. If that makes well, that's sense. That's fine. Uh, yeah, okay. but that's that that's good. We don't need to have the same ones. 
And well, the thing is, is you're leading me to want to talk about something, but I don't know if I should put that in one of my problems or not. I'm very confused about my problems having to do with Star. Okay. Right. So is there not something you can talk about just now leading off my problem? Or is it directly linked to one of yours? Star's directly linked to a lot of problems with this movie. All right. (laughs) Right. But she, like, she does really seem like she's their property. Yeah. And I don't like that. But also, so does Laddie. Who the fuck turned Laddie? Why would they turn a child? What was... What? There's no logic here. I read... Whenever I was doing some research, I read that she that Laddie's supposed to be a companion for Star, but like, where did they get that? Is that from deleted scenes? Is that from yeah. an interview? Like, because I don't, Tell I didn't us. get that from the movie. Is it from the novel? I feel like there was a lot of information in novelizations back in the day, and that a Maybe. lot of people yeah. read these novelizations because as as we're watching these movies and I do research, I find out there's like stuff that people like facts people know about it, and then it turns out. It's not that they got it from the movie, it's that they got it from the book. Yeah, we spoke about that last time with my girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I didn't get a chance to listen to the Joel Schumacher commentary. I really should have, because then maybe he would have explained a few things. But uh, but yeah, that is just... I'd never thought about Star before. I never thought about the fact that she's absolutely useless and does nothing. And she's just there just to be leered at by the men and be a trophy and, and then have sex with Michael. That's you know that's 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 all she's there for. Yeah. If she kicked some ass at the last in the last battle, then I would have you know. If she at least killed one of them, then I would have been like, yeah, on yourself. But no, she doesn't do anything. So, okay, right. First problem, Jen. What is it? Come on. Okay, okay. I'm rearranging my problems right now. Okay, so okay. my first problem is going to be uh, the white maleness of it all. That was my um, second problem. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, um, there are two female characters in this movie. And look, I understand it's called The Lost Boys, okay? Yeah. And I I honestly think it would be better for me if Star was not a vampire. Like, if she didn't, didn't like, maybe if she was even someone that they had to, like, lure men in or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, the fact that Star is a vampire means that women can be vampires. Mm-hmm. But she is the only one. Mm-hmm. And... I'm really bothered by, and I, like, and I know it's called Lost Boys, and I know that the sequel that never got, like, the sequel that was supposed to come right after this was called Lost Girls, Mm -hmm. so I guess they had plans to do that, but that doesn't matter because that doesn't exist, and this, you know, we're talking about this movie. There's two women, and the biggest part of that problem for me is there were three women, and one got cut out. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, I forgot the actress's name, and now I'm trying to look. Um uh, Kelly Jo Minter. All right, I, you can yeah. still see her there. She is the um, she works at Max's store. Mm-hmm. And um, what makes it even worse? She's a black woman. Mm-hmm. So they cut out the not only one of the three women of the movie, mm-hmm. but a woman of color. Yeah. And um, I don't know. One thing I want to say, like, did you see my Facebook post earlier? No, I haven't been on Facebook today. Oh, okay. So you can cut this out or not, whatever. Right, okay. <laughs> Your discretion. But I was talking to Dylan about this and complaining, like, and I was, because I said there was a female character that was cut out and he was like, well, who was she? So I started doing research trying to find out because for some reason it wasn't on IMDb trivia, uh, which I thought was weird. Um, Like the fact that she was cut out was. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I saw that she was black, I got extra mad. 
right? And and I'm, you know, ranting and then I turn I turn to to Xander, who is seven, and I say, Representation matters. And I say shit like that to him all the time, and he just like ignores me and moves on. Yeah. <laughs> uh this time he didn't ignore me and he said, uh, I'm not an adult. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know the word representation. And so I asked him, I was like, uh, when you watch TV shows and movies and you're looking at the people in the movies and you see the color of their skin or if they're a boy or a girl, what do you, what's the most common type of person you see? And he said, like, and he, it took him a minute. Like he, he, he hesitated and he was just like, <sighs> white. <laughs> and Dylan heard that he was in the kitchen. He heard that. And he was like, why did you react like that? What what emotion are you feeling? And Xander, you know, he struggled a little bit, kind of stumbled on his words. And he was like, well, it's just that when I watch like Ninjago, there's no black people. And I, which I thought it was weird. He said that because he's watched Ninjago in forever. And I was like, <sighs> well, how does that make you feel? And he, or, or I was like, and does that bother you? And he said, yes. And I said, why? And he said, well, because black lives matter. <laughs> and you know, I freaked out. I hugged him. <laughs> this kid gets it. Like, this kid is seven. And and so we had a conversation about it. And his best friend is black. And he was talking about how it makes him sad that, like, when he watches things, he doesn't see people that looks like his friend. Aww. And um, I know that, like, a video clerk in this movie, that's, it's, you know, you're probably not going to have, like, a young black girl watching the movie and be like, I could be a video clerk, too, by watching this. But yeah. it, this is a very white male movie. As. And to cut out 33% of the women mm-hmm. and 100% of the people of color, that's gross. Yeah. That's upsetting. Um, I don't like that. Uh, obviously, it's better if you have more people of color or more women. But it's just like, this was such a male movie. And like last time I watched this, I don't think I thought about it at all. And this time I'm just like... I can, and, and if Star's not a good character, then this leaves us with Diane Weist, mm-hmm. right? Like, which Diane Weist is amazing. I actually mm-hmm. watched her in a movie last night. I watched um, I Care a Lot, and she's great, but it's not enough for me. Because, again, she doesn't do anything. I mean, she seems like a good mum. Yeah. As it does sort of portray, um, and we've spoken about this before, but it does portray sort of divorce in a truthful way. Because mm-hmm. she's, you know, divorce isn't always, you know, someone gets the house and someone gets this and that. She actually had to yeah. move, you know, it's, it's realistic. So, but she doesn't, she doesn't do anything. It's just, and my problem wasn't actually, it wasn't the, the maleness of it all, but it was the whiteness of it all. Mm-hmm. Are Max and the Lost Boys, are they just racist? Haven't they, um, don't they want to turn black people as well? It, doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's, you know, and I, I'm sure we talked about this with St. Elmo's Fire and like, I mean, a lot of it is the time, but it's also then if you start looking at Joel Schumacher's work mm. around this time, it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> you're not casting anyone who doesn't look like you. Yeah. Um, but St. Elmo's Fire slightly, see, in the context of the movie, St. Elmo's Fire is slightly different because they're all self-centered pricks and... Um, they probably met at a mostly white college anyway and they just don't give a shit about anyone else but why mm-hmm. do vampires give a shit about race <laughs> it just seems a bit strange to me um, but there we go because yeah, they turn it's... a child so mm-hmm. 
I don't know why. I still don't know why Laddie's there. Like, so, like, why is everybody white and why is everybody male? Like, it, in. I mean, well, the, the I, title, I, it does make sense because The Lost Boys, and it's supposed to be, a, you know, like Peter Pan, right? It's, it's like The Lost yeah. Boys from Peter Pan. But why don't they make Sam Samantha? Or one of the, mm-hmm. the like the frog siblings make one of them a girl. You know why? You yeah, know? I thought about the Sam thing. Like there, and it just bothers me. It's like Star is the lone female. Mm-hmm. Why have her be a vampire if like everyone else is going to be ma- like? I just I it it it's very frustrating. It it would it would be better for me if she was not a vampire. Yeah. Movie logic, like, from the director's point of view, I imagine he just thinks, oh, you need a woman in there, because Joe Schumacher was gay, so I assume he didn't give a fuck about, you know, leads, female leads, like, you know, female characters, it's just, it's in the script, she has to be there, blah blah blah, give her nothing to do. Well, and he originally wanted her to be a waifish blonde. Right, okay. That's how he put it, and then Jason Patrick recommended Jamie Gertz. Yeah. And so he cast her. So, like, Joel Schumacher was going full, like, stereotypical Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did think... uh, This was one of my problems, but then I cut it out, right? But I did think about the rating, because it's rated R. Okay. But if you cut out, especially the scene on the beach where they attack the surf ninjas, as my um, subtitles told me they were, surf ninjas screaming, it said in the subtitles... Um, if you no surf Nazis, surf Nazis are surf ninjas. Surf Nazis, I think actually, aye, surf Nazis. Anyway, doesn't matter. Oh, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, I know, but that, <laughs> that's what the subtitle said. Anyway, um, yeah, it said when the scene where they're killing them, it's very brief, but it's like blood splattering out of people's heads and they rip it, mm-hmm. the scalp someone and stuff, and it's very brief. But cut that out, and it could be PG thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. There's no F bombs or anything in this movie. Either F bomb. There's no um you know, there's no swearing really, just shit on occasion. It's just it's quite tame. Yeah. So I don't know why it's rated. Though. I didn't even notice. Yeah. You pay more attention to ratings than I do. I do. <laughs> I just now realised that. You pay more attention to ratings <laughs> and how they get to the ratings. Yeah. I do. I, but that's that's the kind of thing I'm into. I I'm I've always been interested mm-hmm. in ratings and stuff. But it's rated 15 over here, so it's not, you know. we That's what we need, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, f- here it's like, you know, you go from PG-13 to R. Mm-hmm. And PG-13, it's not like they, you know, ID any Like, you can go at any age. But I feel like, I don't know, it, it sometimes it feels like that number needs to be different. Maybe you need, you need something in between like we have. Because we've got 12, 15, 18 well, may- actually, now that I think about it, maybe my problem is R. Because honestly, 17, like, I think 15. Mm-hmm. At 17, I didn't, like, there might have been a couple sexual terms I might have known that I didn't know at 15. Yeah. But, like, I feel like once you're once you're in high school, you you should be able to watch these movies. Yeah. So maybe it should be like maybe PG thirteen should really be like eleven or twelve, and R should be fifteen. I I solved it. Now I'm going to call the MPAA. Yeah. Have a talk with just them. Just tell them just to do what we do in the UK. 12, okay. 12, 15, 18. That's yeah. Because there's some <laughs> like there's movies that would be rated R in America, mm-hmm. um, and that's it. It's like rated R, and that's it, right? 
But see, like, Shaun of the Dead is rated... I'm just looking at my horror shelf. Shaun of the okay. Dead rated 15. And then you've got something like um, uh, The Descent, which is rated 18. Or all the Friday the 13ths, which are rated 18. And it's like... But they're still rated R. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can watch either... Or even something that's not horror-related. Um, like Logan, the X-Men movie. Logan. That's rated mm-hmm. 15 here. You know? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's an R here. Yeah. Uh, so you just said you were looking at your horror shelf, and it reminded me that I have. I wanted to, before I forget, do my uh, bad IMDb trivia. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Because you know that I think a lot of people put things in the trivia section on IMDb mm-hmm. that are not good trivia. Right. And today I found one of the least favorite I've ever seen. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. Corey Feldman appeared in Friday the 13th, the final chapter, making him the only actor from this film to appear in any Friday the 13th films. While Kelly Jo Minter, which, remember, she was cut Mm. out of this movie. Kelly Jo Minter appeared in Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, making her the only actress from this film to appear in in a Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Mm -hmm. Like, why is that trivia? This guy appeared... In this movie, this guy, this chick appeared in this other movie. No one else from the movie was in these series. I was complaining to Dylan about it. And he was like, well, you know, horror people, they like, they love that kind of stuff. And I'm like, there's so much interesting trivia when it comes to horror yeah, movies. Yeah, don't need something like that. You don't need to do that. The fact that that is there is infuriating. <laughs> and I would understand, I, had, I would even understand them, you know, letting bad trivia get in when there's like one or two pieces of trivia. Mm-hmm. But when you have a movie like The Lost Boys that has a pretty extensive trivia section, stuff like that needs to be weeded out. Yeah, it doesn't need to be in there because it's, yeah, who cares? <laughs> who cares what like, they were in? When I started reading the trivia, I expected to, it to be a list of like different Nightmare on Elm Street movies these people had been yeah. in. But no, it was just that Corey Feldman was in one. Yeah. That is not interesting. Technically, Corey Feldman was in two because he does. He's in um, the fifth movie as well at the beginning, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. So, hmm. see. Well, anyway, see, that's my annoyance. And they couldn't even get that right because they just said one of them. <laughs> so there you go. So it's bad trivia and false trivia. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, what was your next problem? Well, mine was the color thing. So you might as well just say your second problem because I've already spoke about it. Why is there a sex scene in this movie? Why is there a sex scene in this movie? Because teenagers, I think. I don't know. It's so stupid. They're in this situation where they're both pretty upset. They're pretty upset they're half vampires. Yeah. Right? And, like, he goes to her for help, and then they're like, well, we're going to have sex now. Yeah. We're, it's ridiculous. We're going to have sex next to the child. Yeah, it's... I don't like it. I don't think it belongs there. Like, they... And the thing is, I... I did not watch the deleted scenes because when I was doing my research, I was having lunch with my family and, you know, felt like I should at least pretend to be paying attention to them. Yeah. So I just watched a little bit of the scene, um, one of the scenes that had the character that was cut out. And it was her talking to Diane Weist um, about, you know, just the job and about Max. And she, there's a lot of exposition there. Like she's talking about how Max only works nights and stuff like that. And I'm like, so you cut this scene mm-hmm. that gives us important information out and you leave the sex scene in. Mm-hmm. It is not necessary. I understand that sex sells and I understand that Joel Schumacher 
was obsessed with sex selling Mm -hmm. because like reading quotes from this movie, he's like talking about how sexy the vampires have to be and like how sexy vampires are. And Joel Schumacher likes to talk a lot about, about the sexiness of everything. He does. But like. Even Batman. Yeah. Nipples. Yeah. (laughs) But like, no, it doesn't, you know, and you can have a movie be sexy without having a sex scene in it. That just shows lack of imagination. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, if they have to have sex, which they don't, because it's not part of the plot at all, they don't need to have sex. They like each other, we know. Um, mm-hmm. But if they have to have sex, just them waking up together when they hear the, the Lost Boys coming back is enough, I think. You don't need yeah. to have the whole sex scene with Cry Little Sister playing over it. Jill Schumacher was not great when it came to women. No, he wasn't, because I don't think he did many movies. I'm trying to think. No, because Falling Down's a man. What else? Phone Booth, was that him? That's a man. Yeah, Phone Booth. And, oh, hey, Kiefer Sutherland was in that. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland was in Phone Booth. And no one else from the Lost Boys was in Phone Booth. Well, Phone Booth only had, like, four people yeah, I know. Three or four. <laughs> I know, but I'm going to IMDb to write that in, so. Uh, by the way, Phone Booth. I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember it being a very very good movie yeah i really like phone booth yeah well flatliners julia roberts is in flatliners i never saw that yeah but yeah what i do know about a lot of these movies is that they are very very male yeah oh dying young all right i mean it's not like he never works with women it just seems like it is more male he directed Um, dying young i didn't know that (laughs) maybe we need to watch more joel schumacher movies uh let's not say we did Okay. No, he's. I mean, he he does. He's not awful. He's he's made, you know, some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think he's awful at all. I like. I like this. I like Phone Booth. I like Saint Elmo's Fire. Yeah. I, I haven't tried to watch uh, Batman forever in a while, but when it came out, I really enjoyed it. Like, I think that his Batman movies they just skew younger. Mm-hmm. And especially so, Batman you know, and Robin, that's 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 a cartoon. being in middle school at the time. Like I liked them. I I tried to watch Batman and Robin about six or seven years ago, and uh, I couldn't make mm-hmm. it more than seven minutes into it. It was real bad. Mm-hmm. But I remember really liking Batman Forever, and that soundtrack is good. I really like that soundtrack. Yeah, got some U two, some P G J Harvey, some Seal. Mm-hmm. I listened to that soundtrack so much. Yeah. See, I'm struggling with my third problem. I was going to say my third problem was the reveal of Max. Really? Yes. I was I was going to say that. But then, I f- because the scene with them walking into the, the shop at the beginning, the, 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 um, the video store. By the way, remember mm-hmm. video stores? Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> they walk in and it's like sort of intense and then he tells them to leave and it's like why is that there it's that's only there for our benefit it's not there for anyone else's benefit they don't need that scene and then later on when you think he's been terrorized by the lost boys but then it cuts away so it was going to be the reveal of max but then they do justify it because thinking about it max working in a video store he has information about people working in that video store Mm-hmm. So he he would know where people lived. Oh, yeah. 
maybe that's how he knew where Laddie was, you know? Maybe parents rented movies there. He knew about uh, Sam and Michael because, um, obviously, because their mom worked mm-hmm. there. But also, you would have people... You, I mean, depending on the video store you're running, like, you might have people listed on your account. Yeah. So, yeah, I hadn't thought... You know, back in the day, a video store... You could use that for you could yeah for some bad exactly. stuff. I worked in one as well, and it was um yeah the, the information that we had yeah. Oh God, one of my favorite jobs ever. Yeah, same here. But yeah, I I liked the reveal of Max, but yeah, I thought I there were some their misdirections were not good. No, that's that was a problem I had. But then when I I thought about it, I liked it more. So I don't have a problem with the reveal of Max. I don't have a problem with All Max right. being there. I did, but then they explained it. Because I was thinking, how did the Lost Boys get into the house at the end? I don't know. But he, he says, once you invite a vampire, it renders you powerless. So I assume uh, that okay. means because he's the head vampire, the other vampires yeah. can just go into their house. So they could have run into that house any time after Max had dinner there and just killed them all. This movie needed more exposition. Yeah. It did. It needed a little bit more explaining things. Well, especially since, like, when it comes to vampire stuff, there's so many different rules. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not consistent throughout, you know, different books and movies and TV shows. Yeah. So, like, you need to have the rules laid out for you. And, like, I'm watching uh, Vampire Diaries right now, and it's like, their rules are so different mm-hmm. from others. Uh, but what what is your third problem? Um... My third problem is I know it's I know it's cool and all and I know it's a movie, but how did Grandpa know exactly when to drive through the window, um, and kill Max? How 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 did he know that? Well, he he might have like he he could have even like been coming up to the door, heard what was going on in the house, and I don't I think him killing Max was a coincidence. Right. I don't I think I think he drove in the house to like maybe try to do some damage and like distract like it was for something dramatic but I have to imagine that he wasn't like well I bet the head vampire is going to be standing right there and I'm going to just happen you know what I mean so it's just he did destroy his own house that being a coincidence is just worse then (laughs) he just crashed into his own house and accidentally killed the head vampire. So it's not so cool anymore, that scene. I mean, for all we know, Grandpa has killed vampires in the past. No, I know. I know and that, And he just yeah. like... I thought that. But maybe he was like, this might work for me. Yeah. Okay, so what's your third problem then? Um, my third problem is when uh, the kids go uh, to the hotel later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, eventually end up killing Alex Winter. Like... They are so loud. I know. They are in a vampire's lair and they are just yelling. I know. And it is driving me crazy. I'm like, you guys want to get killed. Yeah. Like the whole the whole time I was just cringing because I'm just like, you don't do that. I know, but they're supposed to be, they know what they're doing, but they don't. <laughs> um, they're just learning things from comics and stuff and they think they know everything. But they're actually still teenage boys and fucking stupid. It just, like, they seem... I understand they don't totally know what they're doing, because obviously they don't know that much about vampires. Like, they don't know everything about vampires. But they... 
they come off to me as smart enough. Like they've figured out what's going on. Yeah. They understand what's going on. They're not idiots. So like, if you want to show me how they don't know everything, like how, you know, they could mess up. It's been proven to me that they are smart enough that they would know better. Yeah. Like a five-year-old would know mm. better than to be super loud in the killer's lair. Yeah. I think that's also one of those comedy bits we were talking about. I don't understand the comedy of this movie. <laughs> I really don't. I don't understand it. Um, I and I do I do like it. I think it's a it's a good vampire movie and everything, but like I have so many problems. I mean I was thinking I was watching it again and it's like there's some fucking really good like imagery in this movie. There's some good tracking shots and stuff. There's some beautiful like tracking shots of the uh the fairground and all of that at the beginning mm. and stuff, because that's to signify the vampires flying over and stuff like that. But some of it's a really good looking movie, but then at the end it's all just close up shots of bodies exploding and stuff, and it just doesn't look. Uh, it looks too sort of frenetic in the last scene. I still, I still sort of, I still got a soft spot for it. I just understand more of the problems it has now. <laughs> I think, I think maybe vampire movies aren't the best for me, like especially if it's a one off. Mm. I mean, I know there were some straight-to-video sequels that Corey Feldman was in, but... Um, and Corey Haim. And the other frog brother. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but Corey Haim was a vampire in them. Oh. Mm. Sam becomes a vampire. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. But, like, having watched um, and loved Buffy and Vampire Diaries, oh. I think something like this just isn't very fulfilling to me. No. I want, I want a mythology. I want hundred, two hundred year old vampires with pasts where I have to see flashbacks of them. I, yeah. I want more females. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things have problems with too many white people. Uh, yeah. so that's always going to be an issue. But um, or it, it's always been an issue. We don't know how old these vampires are, and Laddie is wearing like an old sort of jacket. Like an old mm-hmm. like army jacket type thing. But Laddie has just been turned because he's only just gone yeah. missing. I like there was a bit I never noticed before. But when um Max is talking at the end and he's he's revealed himself to be the head vampire, there's a scream outside and he looks up. So that tells me there's more vampires in the way. There's more vampires out there. Okay. Because there's a scream coming from outside. So that makes me think, oh, there's more vampires on <laughs> the way. But we don't see that. But that the implication of that is like, shit, there has been more vampires than we actually thought. But then as soon as he dies, they would all die. Or turn back to normal. Sorry. Yeah. Could you imagine that, though? You're flying and then all of a sudden you just, you're human and you fall from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you know that this was filmed in three weeks? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Three weeks! Three weeks! Jesus. That's short. That is very like, short. I read that Joel Schumacher, like, he wanted Diane Weist. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, they asked her to be in it, but, like, he fully expected her to say no. Like, she just won an Academy Award. Uh-huh. Um, and But it's like, you could do this job and it's less than, and it's like three weeks, but she doesn't have enough scenes where, like, I mean, it wouldn't even be three weeks for her, probably. No. Like, that's, that's a prime gig right there. Yeah, and she's a proper actress. 
and she's in a movie. She with. is great. Yeah, she is great. Uh, I always, I still always think of Parenthood when I think about her. Mm-hmm. I still have seen did... Parenthood. So, well, we're gonna have to watch it one of these days. <laughs> we are. So I have notes. While I was watching, I was writing stuff down because I write stuff down. That'd be one of my problems. No, it's not. So, but mm. then, right. So here's things that I haven't had the chance to say yet. Right. Why does the security guard tell the two folk in the ride to leave the boardwalk? Because they didn't start the fight. And they don't even get killed here, so what was the point in that? I don't know. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland and all that, they, they touch the girl and stuff, and then the guy goes to fight them because, you know, they're being dicks. And then um, the security guard tells everyone, all of them, to get off the off the boardwalk. But mm-hmm. what's the point in those two leaving the boardwalk? Story-wise, it makes no sense because they don't die there. The security guard does. They don't die till later on after they've stole the comics. So that just made no sense to me. Um, Sam laments the fact that he can't watch MTV. Um, I just want to say, kids, back in the 1980s, MTV stood for music television. Um, <laughs> and it played music videos. Shocking, I know. But yeah, now I think it just stands for miscellaneous TV. Oh man, my dad and I mm-hmm. used to watch MTV together yeah. all the time when I was like really, really little before my mom decided I wasn't allowed to watch it anymore <laughs> for arbitrary reasons. Right. Um, like it was that. And then we also had VH1, which was like, it was also music videos, but it was kind of, it skewed a little more adult. Like that's where you'd have like more of your like soft rock and like R&B and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and my dad and I would just like flip between channels and <laughs> just watch music videos for hours. Yeah. I was more of a VH1 man myself. You, did you have Did you have VH1? Yeah, we had VH1 and MTV. Okay. Yeah, and then later on we had like um, MTV Rocks and stuff like that. No one talks about VH1. No, I don't even think VH1 is a. Th- I don't think we have VH1 anymore over here. I don't know if it's still a thing in America. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking it up right now because I'm like, is that something that even exists? And there is a VH1.com. It's probably all just reality shows and stuff now. Yeah. Um, because you know the Scream TV show. Yeah, um, the first two seasons were MTV, and the third season was VH1. Okay. Michael takes some stuff into the house when they're all moving into Grandpa's house. He takes stuff into the house, but then he just proceeds to work out and doesn't help anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that was almost one of my problems. That like he goes in and he just starts working yeah. out. Um, the only good I see in that part. Is later when he's like when they're under the train tracks and he's holding on to the the yeah. thing, like I I then was glad they had that part yeah, in because I'm like okay is. this guy works out because it's like insane that he holds mm-hmm. on as long as he does. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I mean, we do know that working out is so important that the second he gets into a new house, he just starts. Yeah, exactly. So. Sam has a poster that's a close up of Molly Ringwald with a pencil in her mouth. So it's a close-up of, like, Molly Ringwald, a, a, a girl, right? Just, you know. Mm-hmm. But then he has a very sexy poster of Rob Lowe, <laughs> who's sort of posing with his shirt, holding his shirt up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> homoeroticism. Um, yeah. And uh, the, the scene in the car when they're driving backwards, and they say, uh, burn rubber, and then they drive back. And Sam says, burn rubber does not mean warp speed. I don't think that line is supposed to be said by Sam. Because it makes absolutely no sense that he's the one that says it. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be the other Corey that says it. But he said it by mistake. And since they only had three weeks to shoot this thing, they were just like, fuck it, leave it in. 
And my final note is Danuk the dog. It's a very good boy. Yes. Right. So positives. Um, my positives the soundtrack because I had the CD. It's a good soundtrack. Yeah, I had the CD when I was a kid, and I listened to it all the time. And actually, I look forward to picking songs from the soundtrack for our Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everyone, we have a Spotify playlist. It's called um, <laughs> So What's the Problem Podcast, and it's got songs from pretty much every movie we've covered on it. And every time we release a thing, a podcast, I'll put songs up. So go and listen to that. Um, so yeah, I like the soundtrack. What's your positive? Uh, Sorry, you want to talk about well, soundtrack? Well, first uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that the first time I watched it, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, it's the beginning of the movie, so you don't know what you're thinking yet. And then it gets to the point where there's that concert mm-hmm. and I see that guy, that that sweaty, muscly guy singing mm-hmm. and then he starts like playing the sax. And I, I'm pretty sure I was just like, yeah, because I love <laughs> I love a, a sax solo. Yeah. I love 80s saxophone. Mm-hmm. I was pumped. Like, the second that happened, I was like, I love this movie. That's an iconic scene. Yeah, it's. I was actually surprised because it, like, loomed so large in my head when thinking about this movie. I was like, oh, this is actually, like, not a very big part of the movie at all. No, but it goes on for a while. It's it's practically mm-hmm. a music video on its own. Yeah. Uh, the entire movie just feels like a big promotional video for the soundtrack. Yeah. So what's your positive of this movie? It's tough. I I guess it's just Diane Weist. Okay, yeah. Um, I was watching, you know, like I said before, I was watching I Care A Lot last night. And it's like, Diane Weist is an actress I don't ever think about. But when I'm watching her, I just, I'm like, why am I not obsessed with this woman? Mm-hmm. Because I love her. She's so great. So I'm, oh God, I just got really sad because I'm thinking... You know, while I'm talking, I'm thinking, I should watch more Diane Weist movies. And so I was thinking about the fact that she'd won an Academy Award before this. And I'm like, oh, but it was for Hannah and her sisters. <laughs> I think there's quite a few Diane Weist movies I can't watch now because they are Woody Allen films. Because I think she was in more than one. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you're like, I don't want to talk about him. No, but um, you see, the thing is, um, I actually haven't watched many Woody Allen movies anyway. So the only ones I've really watched is Manhattan Murder Mystery. Um, mm-hmm. Radio Days. I think that's the only two I've ever seen. I've seen, oddly enough, I've seen mostly late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, because that's when I was really, like, you know, really getting into movies and I, I went to the movies all the time. And so, you know, I've seen his stuff from around then and I really liked it. Like, I think Everyone Says I Love You was my first one. And from then on, I watched a lot of his movies. And I've watched some older, like, a few older ones. Uh, Manhattan was the last one I watched and I was like, oh. <laughs> because when you watch him dating a high schooler in that movie, mm-hmm. it's like I can't watch Woody Allen movies anymore because this is like filling in some holes for me. Like any any holes where there were was denial. Although I didn't know much about problems with him at the time, I just knew about Sunyi. But I just remember being like, from what I've heard, I don't like how this lines up with that. Yeah, but he, I mean, he's a really good filmmaker. It's, I mean, a lot of it is you know kind of redundant, but. Um, but anyway, Diane Weist, uh, you know, she's, this could be a silly, like, teen vampire movie. Like, that's what it could come off as. But her and Edward Herman, at least for me, mm-hmm. no, ma- they, they elevate it. And Diane Weist, it's not like, it's not like her character gets a ton to do, but she's so good that it feels to, when I'm watching it, I feel like the character's richer than it actually is. Yeah. I get that. I, I get the idea that she's a good mom. So, yeah. you know, she's... 
you know, she puts that across well that she actually gives a shit about her sons. So. She she gives this character a lot more just with her acting than the script does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she elevates the script because the script's not great. Mm. Uh, it was co-written by a woman. So you're saying women can't write? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> women, are, women are useless, Jen. You know this. At one point, a woman was attached to direct it, but left for creative differences. Right. Okay. She didn't want to make it sexy. That was probably the... <laughs> Warner Brothers probably wanted it to be sexy. So they got Joel Schumacher. What would we? Th- what would the idea, the like, I guess mainstream idea of sexiness be like these days if we ha- if we got to see more more sexy movies from a female gaze? Nay, it would be. I I I I would like to know what that's like. Um, I will say I when when reading about it, I read that this was originally supposed to be more of a a Goonies type thing. Mm-hmm. Like instead of being um teens, it was supposed to be. Uh, younger kids. Yeah, preteens. Yeah. And that Joel Schumacher came in and was like, "We need sexiness," mm-hmm. and so they aged them up. And I'm like, I really love the idea <laughs> of it being like, you know, like eleven, twelve year olds, like being more Goonies. That would have been really interesting, and it makes the title better. Yeah, it does. because these are men. These are lost men. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be teenagers. Still, but, still, they but are they look older. Yeah, like I mean, if they are if they are sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, that's like right on the cusp, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, Lost Boys, it just the whole the Peter Pan of it all makes more sense if they're a little younger. It does, and that w- that would have just been a, a really interesting idea, I think. But I'm curious about the original script. Yeah, same here. But it's also like um, the ages of the Lost Boys now is like 16, 17, 18. But we don't know mm-hmm. because we're not told. We're not given any information about them. Or, you know, they could be, you know, um, David could be 25 for all we know when he died. We, just, yeah. we don't know these things or why they turned laddie. I mean, I understand that it could be because they wanted to give Star, Star. like a companion. But why not turn a little mm-hmm. girl? Or another mm-hmm. another female. Why does it have to be a little boy? Is that is it? Was that like a throwback to the fact that it was supposed to be preteens? Maybe. Maybe I don't know. But hey, it's still quite a fun movie. It is. It's not a bad no. movie. It just. Um. I mean, a lot of it really is probably just age. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, but yeah, you would think because it's an eighties movie, like the soundtrack would age badly, but it really doesn't. The soundtrack's still great. 80s, 80s music's good. No, I know, but a lot of, like, you can watch some, like, um, on the score or stuff like that. Like, see, some movies would have electronic scores and things and it wouldn't have, like, listen to it now, it's not, it's, you know, it's dated and stuff like that, but the songs in this are really good. I think the ones that suffer the most when it comes to music are, like, early 90s. I feel like things were really weird in the early 90s. But the nineties also had some good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. But most of the ones I think of are in the second half. That's all we have time for at DropPipePod on Twitter. Shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Contact at Shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Email us and let us know what you think of the Lost Boys and the soundtrack, which is fab. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, Jen? I tweet from at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. I'm a party of five podcast. Uh, at clo- or it, the Twitter is at yeah. Closer to Free. The podcast is called Closer to Free. 
And uh, do, were we going to talk about what we're doing next time? Um, yes. Yes. What are we doing next time, Jen? Mighty Ducks. Because the Mighty Ducks show is premiering at the end of yeah, the month. Yeah, so we're doing it to tie in. Um, yeah, and also I was going to watch it yeah. anyway. Fair <laughs> enough. So why not? Why not make me watch? If it I had too? my, <laughs> if I had my way, we'd do the whole trilogy. But we're just going to watch the Mighty yeah, Ducks. Yeah, we'll just watch the Mighty Ducks. Um, I haven't seen it since the nineties, so oh. this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I've seen it so many yeah. times as an adult. Yeah, I haven't, um, and I've only ever seen the the sequels once each. Um, but yeah. I'm looking forward to watching it again. I saw the third one, the third one in the theater three times. Three times, mm-hmm. Jen. <laughs> and I was in high school yeah, too. I, I was can't even be like that. I was a little kid. Like I was a freshman in high school. I was 14, 14 years old. Okay, fair enough. We'll get into that next week then. <laughs> so the Mighty Ducks from ninety two. Ninety two, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's next. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.